When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Equity of up to one hundred and fifty million pounds. You're on the theatre, fun. You're here to win games. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. It is episode 103. It is another cup weekend, transfer weekend. We got a lot to discuss here on the Depot alongside my good friend, Scott, who uh, was was lucky enough to hang out with yours truly this weekend up in Sin City. We had a great time uh, up at the Crown and Anchor. Thanks to Las Vegas Spurs for hosting. Uh, Scott is at DSM Spurs and he's with us here now. Scotty, what's going on, man? Chilling. It was a great weekend in Vegas, like you said. Thanks to everybody at Las Vegas Spurs, Sean, specifically for the hospitality. Always good to see everybody there at Crown and Anchor. And always good to spend a weekend with with yours and uh, your better half. Or, sorry, you and your better half. Likewise. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And most importantly, it was a, a cup weekend. So it was we a cup weekend. I, I enjoyed those cups. It, just a little bit more. Uh, juice in the tank you know from a fan perspective when it's a cup weekend so there was, was there was uh, there was juice in everybody's cup Vegas. this weekend yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time and it was a good time watching spurs in the cup which we will get on to here caroline is also with us at cg stefko caroline had a great day i know you were up early watching the women's team this morning Scott and I, obviously, we as we said, we were in Vegas, and uh, it was a little early for us, so we missed the women's game. But you, you, you will fill us in on that a bit later too, Caroline. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, it's been a, a fun sports filled weekend for me. Um, mostly soccer, a little figure skating, diversifying my portfolio. Um, but yeah, I've I've been up for a, an absurdly long amount of time today, so apologies in advance if I get a little loopy on this pod but i'm gonna do my best <laughs> no i i actually love that i i'm planning on like having you only pod with us now like when you've been awake for 20 hours straight because it, it we, we we never know what's going to come out of your mouth and i i like that version of caroline it's a little it's a little more risky and a little more uh fun honestly like like let's 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 spice it up a little bit every once in a while why not i'm down with that <laughs> and as always i'll be brutally honest anyway so <laughs> well we we're all gonna do that of course uh brutally honest about a three nil Spurs win over Preston North end. Let's, let's start there. Um, this was a pretty rotated side and I guess we could have expected that against a championship team, but I thought this was even more rotated than I expected. Of course, there was no Harry Kane to be found uh, in this lineup. And, and instead it was young Min son leading the line. Uh, we'll come on to that, but then it was Paris and Kulisevsky on the wings, still no Richarlison. Um, that the rest of that team, I guess, would be 
pretty normal rotation. Frazier Forster in goal. Jaffa Tanganga on the right side, which I thought was interesting. Davison Sanchez seeing the field along with Longley. Uh, and then that Basuma Bentoncourt midfield along with Doherty and Sessignon at wingbacks. Um, Scotty, you, you and I watched this game together, so you can you can kind of you know how I felt about it. I mean, throughout we were kind of just like, all right, like let's go see if this much of a rotated side um can can perform well enough against a lesser team. And I'll be damned, they did. I mean, this was not a game that ever really felt in doubt, even after a scoreless first half, right? Yeah. I think the, the rotated side played really well and it's not like Preston is terrible. Um I was I was a little bit surprised to see some of the selections that were made for sure, but all in all they, they put a good comprehensive victory together and scored three goals, which we haven't done in a while. I think you know one one man specifically, as you've already alluded to, we can point to you for that happening, but three goals is three goals, and it's been a while since since we beat somebody that badly on the scoreboard, at least, you know. Um, I, I think we're fortunate to, to maybe not concede a few goals. I won't say it's the best game we've ever played, but it was a good comprehensive victory. So credit to the rotated side. Um, I think Sun's the interesting one, right, and, and I'll pass it to Caroline, but I think the, the, the duality between – when he when when he's the you know focused goal scorer in the lineup versus when he's not and i'm not saying he shouldn't play alongside kane we've all seen what they do together but from a finishing perspective is it is it isn't it so interesting to see the duality you know when kane's not on the field with son versus when he is yeah, I think it's it's also just that Sun seems to really thrive when the pressure to carry the team is upon him, uh, which I guess is a little yeah. disrespectful to say carry because, you know, there's 10 other players on the pitch with him. But and actually, I guess we, we all kind of buried the lead um, about the lineup, which was that was the captain. Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of wild, like. Right. Sun's on the sun's on the pitch, but 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 we were all having a yeah. little bit of a discussion about that. It's like that's yeah, we talked about that at the bar. Yeah, like why is, is yeah? Right. I mean, I might have even expected like someone like Perisic or Bentoncourt to wear the armband even over him. Maybe even Tanganga, like give a nod to a a, a young kid in a, in a in a cup match. But but no, Big Dav gets it. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I don't know. I don't know what that means or if it means anything. It's one of those. Uh, mysteries to me yeah um but i guess uh i I can't say anymore that conte doesn't ever have any surprises in store for us um he did today um but i think going back to son he he definitely looked a lot better than we've seen him in recent performances uh just and uh, you know playing in that sort of striker role i think it, it does utilize his skills a lot better and he just looked more confident. And part of that could be, you know, that this was obviously a lower level opposition that we were playing. And it, it, it should have been a fairly easy task for him to get, get on the score sheet. But I, I was just happy to see him looking more like himself, um, not hesitating. You know, his passing was better than it has been recently, because I think that's really mm-hmm. been the thing that's been hurting his game the most. Uh, is, is that it seems like his touch had just completely gone away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm just relieved to see him get on the score sheet, score some great goals. 
um, and just sort of be a leader for the team too, even though he was not technically captain. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought that that Sonny in the first half, I, I I thought was still showing a little bit of sluggishness. And it's interesting that that first half being goalless, I don't think anyone was concerned because Preston were not we're not really showing much offensively uh, by way of an attack. And it, it is, it is interesting credit to credit to a fully, almost fully rotated side. I think it was seven changes from the last match, um, including the goalkeeper for that matter. But this is a Preston team that I think people will just say, well, it's lower league opposition. Well, they're in the championship, which is an extremely, maybe one of the most competitive uh, leagues in the world. And they're sitting mid table. They're 11th right now. But they're also only two points out of a, a position in the in in the playoff, which would be sixth. So it's very bunched up in that league, and they're a competitive side. And I mean, who knows? We we could. This is a team that we could see moving up in in the coming years with a few um, a few moves here and there. But but to your point, it's I don't know. It's it's interesting after that first half when it's goalless. I, I didn't think anyone really particularly shined, but no one was. No one was there was no stress from a Tottenham standpoint. And to to the point on Sonny, I, I didn't even think he looked that great in the first half. But once that first real chance came in the second half and you could see things kind of opening up for Spurs overall, they were controlling play. They were, you know, it wasn't like they were banging down the door with great chance after great chance, but they were there were good chances in there at least. And once Sonny got that first goal, I was just like, OK, well, this thing really feels like a wrap at this point. Um, and then you get the, the second on top of that, and then we'll come on to Dan Juma making his debut and, and, and getting the goal. But it just, it never, it was one of those cup matches that even going in, I felt confident and throughout the whole thing, I guess I, I never really felt like that confidence wavered, even though the first half didn't come with anything offensively on the scoreboard. Does that, does that all kind of jive with you guys? Yeah, it does. It does. I think one thing that, that's really interesting about what we saw yesterday is there was a lot more talent or sorry, a lot less talent on the field, but, it, but it was so comprehensive and there was, I guess, more of a unified approach than we tend to see. And I still, I still just have a, have a hunch that there's a lot of investment in the, in the two cups that we're involved in right now. And I'm not even really upset about the fact that we dropped out of the league cup. It's probably the one that we value the least anyways, as fans, but I'll be very curious to see what happens in the round of 16. I think we're going to put out a really good performance if I'm a betting person, right? And so I just think from a mentality perspective, I talked about it on recent shows. If I'm a manager, this is true, but not most definitely if I'm a player too. And you talked, you and I talked about it this weekend, Andrew, but with the cities of the world, new castles that are coming with money, right? Every point you drop, is significant right and so as the as you compound these matches where you drop points you start to realize fuck we really can't win the league anymore right and this happens over and over to teams like spurs and that's dejecting and it's hard to get up for matches like let's give everything and get three points and be right where we are still like over and over and over right so i just i feel like these cup matches the players are going to just have such an easier time getting up for them and the mentality is going to be you know, a lot more pointed, poignant and precise and, and, and sharp. Jeez, I'm just using different words to say the same thing. Sorry, but maybe, maybe partook a little bit in Vegas, but yeah, <laughs> e e either way, you guys get my point, right? I think we're going to have a much easier time getting up for matches mentally 
win their cup matches. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that yesterday's result maybe proves that idea to continue to be true for me. So. Yeah, I agree. And I think also the players are going to realize that with the FA cup specifically, they have a, I don't want to say easier path to the final than we could have expected, but there've already been some pretty big teams um, that have gotten knocked out across the competition. So that helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, especially the fact that Arsenal are out, like, thank God for that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think they definitely looked up for it. And, you know, there, I think there were a few players playing today that are not necessarily um, perhaps long for this team. Um, specifically thinking of like Tanganga, possibly yep. Sanchez, we don't know. Um, but, but they did, they did a good job. Um, so that was really pleasant to see. And also to have Danjuma, you know, come into the team and straight away make an impact. It, I, I don't think it was the best shot, but I mean, if, if he's someone yeah. who has a little bit of luck about him, that's cool. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely a scuff shot, but but <laughs> yeah. they all count the same. But he looked he looked comfortable already in the in the side, so that was reassuring. Um, and I don't know, I when we talked uh, earlier in the week, Andrew, I was kind of not like. I don't want to say not excited about him, but just kind of wondering like if he was actually going to end up playing much or, you know, contributing that much. Cause we have so much depth and in, in the positions that he plays, but I feel like I, I got a good glimpse of what he, he can offer and I'm excited to see him play more, hopefully Conte rotation willing. <laughs> well, and, and to your point on Dan Juma and it kind of dovetails into perfectly into the transfer discussion that, that we're going to have here surrounding not only the acquisition of Dan Juma, which as you mentioned, you and I did a midweek pod for those who missed it. Uh, we put out a pod this past Wednesday after the Dan Juma signing. And when it looked like Pedro Porro was kind of done, it now does kind of still days later look like it's done, but still not announced, but will be done. Perhaps by the time you're listening to this, it is done. We hope. Um, but we didn't, we didn't hear from Scott on Dan Juma. I don't know if Scott, if you had any, any thoughts on him, but, but overall it, it, it kind of leads to this, conversation about now brian heel leaving which we can also discuss it sounds like he's going out on loan back to sevilla back back from whence he came um and you know not not a permanent move just a a, a loan deal but all of these things are starting to tie together as we approach the end of the window so this is kind of i guess where we can transition our, our talk about the, the game specifically um to to this discussion about Dan Juma and Poro and Brian Heal and mm -hmm. maybe maybe some other players, but Scott, why don't you kick us off there and give us give us your rundown because we didn't hear from you uh, at midweek. Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of people hadn't heard much about this this uh, player when it was, I guess, announced that we were bringing him on, or at least alluded to by credible sources, right, that we were bringing him on. But after doing a little bit of research, I was impressed with the numbers that he put up in, in La Liga, especially right in Premier League experience. Looked like he's had, you know, some positive caps for the Netherlands, and <clears throat> that's nobody to shake shake a stick at ever, right? So I think that opened up my mind a little bit. What I what I'm noticing from watching him play for us and then, you know, clips, right, which I do take with a massive grain of salt, of course, but it does appear that he is is keen to demand the ball, drop back, receive the ball. And I had somebody I'd seen on, I think on Twitter or maybe in our group chat, somebody mentioned this, so I wouldn't take credit, but just 
aggregating the idea here that we haven't had somebody doing this since since really Robbie Keane demanding the ball and like screaming for it. Give me the ball, right? And he was doing that yesterday. So I think if we if I look at him and his willingness to drop back, receive the ball and overlap, he's gonna pair well with Kulisevsky, in my opinion, on the left hand side. And we've been missing that overlap and that, you know, dynamic player opposite Kulisevsky. And that's harsh on Sun, but it's the reality, right? So um I'd be very curious to see how quickly he beds in. And I think it gives you an interesting opportunity to rotate Kane and Son a little bit more and have them competing for minutes up top, which just sounds asinine, right? Because it's Harry Kane. But I do think, you know, that that gives you options to, again, rotate those two, but maybe even find yourself in situations where you can use – and this is a little bit more of a hot take than anything, but give you an opportunity to maybe play those two together in a 3-5-2. I I'd be curious to know if Dan Juma could play as a central attacking midfielder. And I think he actually could based on, based on what we're seeing, especially what I just talked about, right. Really dropping back, demanding the ball and then looking to play one twos and, and, and link up play from, from a deeper position. So I, I don't know. It's, it's exciting. And I think he's going to grow on me with, with every uh, appearance that he earns. It does feel as if, as reported by Fabrizio Romano, that this may lead to Brian Heal departing on loan. Um, I know that a lot of people would like to to see Brian Heal kind of stick around in England, but it, it feels like this is where he's comfortable, Caroline, going back to Spain, getting some minutes. If he's not going to see the minutes at Spurs, I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly fine with this. I know a lot of people are not going to be fine with it, but I'm just kind of like, okay, Brian, I, I would like to see him continue to bulk up and, prove it more in the Premier League, but it just hasn't happened thus far. Yeah, I I guess I like it if it's something that will be a positive thing for him. Yeah. You know, per- personally, I think there have been some some concerns that maybe he just really hasn't adjusted to life in England and he's more comfortable in Spain, which I get, but it's I'm a little disappointed about it from, you know, the playing perspective because he's a player that I just really enjoy watching. And I think that was why I was a little hesitant about the Dan Juma move because I was concerned about Brian's minutes. Because um, it seems like every time he's he's come into the side for a few games, he'll you know give us a nice glimpse of what he can do. And it seems like he has some really good chemistry with some of the players that we have. But you know he's also one of the few players in the squad that provides any real creativity. So that's another concern for me that. You know, if Kulisevsky gets injured, who are we turning to? And, you know, maybe Dan Juma is going to provide some of that. We'll, we'll see how that works out. But um, I don't know. So I'm just a little disappointed to see him going out alone, but I understand it at the same time. It is, of course, a move that makes some sense in terms of your numbers for non-locally trained players in the Champions League. So Dan uh, Juma coming in puts uh, Spurs over the limit for the champions league. If Pedro Porro in, indeed comes in as we all believe he is um, all indications point to that being done as we record this on Sunday evening in the States imminently um, that would put them two over. So moving heel out would, would help, you know, get you back down to that number. You'd have to probably remove one other player. Perhaps it would be Lucas Moore if he's still not going to be healthy. Although we did see Lucas Moura pop up in a what was that an, an under twenty three game earlier this week and scored against Arsenal in a win. Um, so who knows? Maybe he's his he's on his way back to being healthy again. But um, 
yeah, the numbers are seeming to make sense. And as we kind of go into this final few days of the January window being open, um, I guess table setting, what do we, do we expect anything else? I, I don't really, I kind of feel like unless there's maybe one other departure along with heel, I kind of feel like um, Danjuma and this Pedro Poro deal still wait, awaiting to be finalized are probably the two moves that this team is going to make in the month, whether or not that's enough to push on for top four or put them over, over the edge in a, in a matchup in the champions league with Milan or, or really solidify an FA cup run. I don't know, but these do feel like two areas that specifically the right wing back one that needed addressing in this window. I do think they needed a little bit different option in an attack as well. Um, but we'll have to see kind of where all this shakes out. Where do you guys sit on if if this is it or if this is it uh, in the January window at this point? I suspect it probably is it, um, just because a lot of the rumors we've been seeing about other players are ones that have, are just being recycled from the summer. So I'm always kind of wary of those. Although we did see Basuma happen after he had been rumored previously. So I guess you never really know. But I think the biggest area of need or two areas of need for us right now are going to be another center back and a keeper. And I feel like everyone knows the keeper is not happening in January. It's just not realistic because of that, that market being so difficult, even in a summer window. And with center backs, it seems like there are some targets that we were content to wait for the summer when they're available on a free or, you know, we can get a better deal or, you know, sometimes a player just doesn't want to move mid season, um, which I feel like we've almost kind of, we've kind of seen that even a little bit with Poro. It sounds like he really wanted to play in that final. So we're having to wait until, you know, the last couple of days of the window for him to come in. So it's, that's just kind of something you have to deal with uh, logistically. But yeah, I just think those two positions, they're going to be hard for us to get in the right player in January. So it doesn't really make sense to make a move you know, just to possibly regret it for being kind of short-sighted. Right. Yeah. For those who did miss it, Poro stayed on, played, I believe the entire match for sporting against Porto in the, in the Portuguese cup final uh, sporting lost. I think it was two nil. Um, But yeah, that, that that could be a real factor as to why this deal was held up, which by the way, there's a, there should be, there should be a lot of opinions about something like that. I don't know that you're going to stop a, a, a player's wishes in that scenario. He probably wanted to stick it stick it out. I think that's a really good point that you make, Caroline. A lot of people would have, a lot of Spurs fans would have would have liked to have seen the Poro deal done three weeks ago, especially if Spurs are going to end up paying all or most of what they would have paid three weeks ago in the deal. Um, but yeah, he he played in a cup final for his club <laughs> this weekend. Like he probably wanted to stick around to do that. I mean, loyalty is not a bad thing as long as he transfers that loyalty to Spurs upon arrival. <laughs> yeah, and and I totally agree with your point about both goalkeeper, center back, and then even just some of the other names that we've 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 seen bandied about. Honestly, some of those names, like you said, are recycled from the summer, and some of those names have already gone and signed with other players. I think I'm thinking of like Milan Skriniar is is off to PSG. Um, I think I saw Gordon is going already to Newcastle uh in, instead of and he was a big spurs rumor in the summer too from everton so a lot of these players are already 
you know, making their moves, the guys that, that that were linked to Spurs previously. So, Scotty, what do you think? Do you think this is it? Do you think that's enough? Where are you at with the window as it stands and as it as it enters the final 48 hours or so? Yeah, I mean, I think just to add a little bit of, of spice to the conversation, maybe I wouldn't be surprised to see the club make a late center back signing. I do I do see a rumor flying around that we bid for Incape. I'm not saying his name right, but I believe he's at Leverkusen, Caroline, potentially, right? Um, looks to be a, a good young center back who who can play in a back three and is you know good with the ball at his feet. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're shopping around for 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 that deadline day center back signing like we we always do in some you know various form. Um, but if we didn't and we brought Poro in and that was the end of the window, I don't think it would be you know a travesty by any means either. I think this thing's going to have to be done a couple pieces at a time and. As we've seen, two good pieces can be better than four or five, you know, almost fits. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I guess I guess I would be opposed if they were trying to bring in a center back that was like Clement Longley part deux. Like mm-hmm. I, I would want something not and this is not I'm not digging out Longley at all. I think he's been completely serviceable this season in that role as like the counterpart to Ben Davis on the left side. But. I don't want them just like, oh, I guess we need another center back. Let's go get another C plus B minus type of guy to put into this rotation. If they're going to do that, they might as well just wait till the summertime for me and go get a Bastoni or go get one of these guys that is, you know, thought of as the next guy to, to put on the other side of, of a, of a back three right now that has Cudi Romero on the right side, who we all kind of expect is the next guy for that side. I want them to find one or two that can be the next guys rather than just going out and getting, like I said, I'm, I'm, I think I'm being harsh by saying the word retread, but like, that's what it would feel like if they just went out and signed a guy for, you know, 10, 15 million here or whatever. I don't know. Does that feel wrong or do, do either you want to push back on that? Well, the only thing I would say is that I feel like center back is the one position where we really haven't made a whole lot of moves. Um, I feel like we've had more people coming through the midfield who haven't worked out. Um, and a lot of them are still out on loan, which is another issue with our you know transfer strategy in general, not being able to move on those players who, who didn't work out. Um, but yeah, otherwise I agree. I, you know, Longley, I, I think he's a, a decent player, but he's not world class necessarily. So it's if, ideally you want to be bringing in someone who can be at the same level as Romero when he's playing at his best, which right. also hasn't been happening this season. But yeah, that, and that's a whole other discussion. But I, I no, I agree with you. It's it feels like you know. Th- you can't just keep rotating the same level of player into the same spot for me. I want upgrades instead. That would be really great. Um, otherwise, like what's, what's the point? It just feels like you're staying at a level rather than trying to up yourself um, a level. So I, I don't know. That's, that's kind yeah. of where I'm at. I, I, I do. I do agree with you. I think we have to, we have to make a couple signings at the back that can grow into their role and be here for a little while. I think actually the Incape is, is probably someone that I would put in that category to be completely honest to play on the left side of the back three. So we'll see. Um, but I agree with you. It needs to be a statement signing. 
and I don't mean like world record. Oh my God, Twitter's quiet now. Statement signing, but you know it needs to be a good thought out decision when we go and sign a player too, for sure. Um, but I think you know we need to get to we quickly need to get to a point where Eric Dyer and Ben Davies are the second option in those two positions. And, you know, Longley can probably just, you know, end his loan and all the best to him, right? It is what it is. But I do think eventually Davies and Dyer are serviceable backups in those two positions, and and we need to get that figured out quickly. So I'd love for one of those two things to happen. Um, but, again, if it's just Poro, who I'm super excited to talk about, or for you guys are too, but if it's just him, it'll be okay too. Yeah, because honestly, I think – that right wing back spot is the most important one for us to, to fix right now, because that's going to help a lot with tidying up some of the defensive errors too. just having more solidity from that position. And, you know, if we're, if we're stronger in attack, it's less pressure on the defense and maybe that'll give, you know, these defensive players that we know are capable a chance to just sort of reset and, and get back to where they were last, you know, end of last season under Conte. Hopefully I love, I do love the old, the best defense is a good offense methodology. That kind of feels like it, it is Tottenham Hotspur, right? Like just go, go get the damn goals and figure out the rest later. Well, we saw it with the women's team this weekend. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. Uh, you want to, you want to get into that? Cause, or, or, or do we want to talk Poro first? Do we have any more thoughts on Poro? We, we, you and I kind of talked about Poro on Wednesday. Scott, did you want to yeah. share anything about Poro before we move on? I mean, I don't need to get too much into it, but he's going to overlap a ton with Kulisevsky. And I think the biggest two things that I'll point out, he's averaging almost 10 crosses a match and 15 forward progressive passes a match. And so especially the second the second piece there, crosses are great, right? We know why we need them, but those those 15 forward ball progressing passes a match are something that we're just not getting from the wing back play. And that's going to create the overlap. It's, I think it's so easy to sit here and say, well, there's going to be more overlap, but it's those progressive passes that are going to create that overlap with Kulisevsky. Kulisevsky loves that overlap as well, right? He's got a keen eye for it. He'll be able to put, give the ball to Poro or keep the, the ball on his left peg and, and, and shoot himself, right? So, um, and then I think, you know, people have to watch this, watch, watch tape of him to, to get this. I can't really elaborate more than that, but when he gets the ball deep in the corner, he's very dynamic with it. And he doesn't seem to get stuck in the corner and then want to recycle the ball back up top, which is something that I think you can do a lot, way too much of in, in the wingback system. Right. So he's really dynamic. And I think he'll find, he'll find Kane on those one twos in the box too, which I, I think I'm really excited about. And I believe, let me check my notes here. Yeah, he's got two goals on the season. I mean, which which isn't anything to shake a stick at for a wingback, right? So, um, and I didn't even look up assists, but I know he's got more than two. So he'll bring a lot to the team. I think he, as Caroline put just a few minutes ago, he solves our biggest need, and and it's more than just solving the problem. I think it's it's the exact answer you were looking for to to the problem. To be honest, so he he's he's honestly he's gonna be the player that replaces the one player that we've all just kind of groaned about all season because he's other, I guess, I guess other than Kingman's son, but, but, but at least we've had options for Sonny and just haven't used them. We haven't had options instead of uh, Emerson Royale at, at right wing back. Um, 
you know, we've had options to replace Ryan Sessegno and he's struggled on the left side in Perisic. So it, there just hasn't been Matt Doherty has been there, but he, I, I still think the health has been the issue for him. So it will be interesting to see if this means a late move for either of those guys too. the Poro signing could lead to, you know, the, just too many players that can play right wing back. Um, and obviously Doherty at least gives you a little bit of versatility because he can play the left side too, if need be. But I will be interested to see. I don't think Doherty or Emerson are going anywhere, but you never know. We we do know Jed Spence could be going somewhere. There's been those rumors for days, but we haven't heard anything concrete. Um, just the stuff about Brian Heal is is more concrete today from again from Fabrizio Romano as we record this Sunday evening. Yeah, um, well, and I'll say quick too. They probably do. Those two should be looking for a move. Poro's got six assists on the season too. So six assists, two goals, and 14 appearances is a hell of a, a piece of productivity from a wingback. And granted, it's the Portuguese league. I I, I can't I, I don't have the, the algorithm to to, well, to give that comparison to Premier League statistics, right? But that's a really good piece of productivity from a wingback. But you know who else doesn't play in the Portuguese league is Harry Kane and his forehead. So I mean if, he, if, he's, if he's if he's getting six assists, not passing the ball, not crossing it to Harry Kane. Let's bump that number up because Harry Kane's yep. obviously going to convert a lot more than great point. Uh, yeah, whoever, whoever he's hitting it to in, in in Portugal. I mean, no no offense to that man, but it's just not he, that man. Whoever he may be is not Harry Kane. So. Yeah, no doubt um, about it. But yeah, so they need to be looking for a, mo- a move because one of those guys is about to stop playing for sure. Yeah. Before we uh, get onto the women, there there is also a lot of um, talk and bluster that Spurs are about to sign a 19 year old Chelsea product named Jude Sunsup Bell, who is apparently really well thought of. Um, he actually debuted for Chelsea in the League Cup last year. So who knows? Maybe we can uh, steal one from a rival as well. So lot, we never really talk a lot about those youth moves, but those are all going to be coming to, a, to an end here too in a few days. And maybe they've found a guy uh, for the future. So that would be cool too. Uh, the women got their own cup victory this weekend. That happened, as I mentioned earlier this morning, where Scott and I were uh, still sleeping away, uh, Las Vegasness. So, Caroline, fill us in. Spurs uh, get a five-nil victory in the league or in the FA Cup, rather, uh, and uh, are moving on to the next round. So, tell us about it. Yeah. So. Like I mentioned in the last episode, we were playing London City Lionesses, who are currently top of championship league. So, you know, lower level opposition, but definitely at the top of that division. And I, I felt like in the first half, especially, they did hold their own. Um, you know, they, they, they had a few chances. Um, Tenny Corpello was in goal for us today. And, you know, she took care of the, the few chances that they did have. But you know, I think some credit uh, should go to them for, for putting in a good fight. And, you know, like I mentioned, I think the fact that we really got our offense together um, in this game enabled the defense to kind of settle. Um, and they, they looked so much more comfortable than I've seen them even in um, the past game where, you know, I thought they did better, but we still conceded three goals. Um, and we also saw Ash Neville come back into the lineup immediately. So really good that she was able to get some minutes since she's been suspended and missed the last three matches. Uh, same thing with Mana Iwabuchi getting more minutes under her legs because um, we know she's not really at full fitness at the moment. But she got her first goal 
um, in his first shirt. That was really exciting. Uh, it took a deflection, but it was definitely on target. So we'll take it. And Beth England scoring the first goal. So, you know, she's already got two goals in her three appearances. So she's certainly living up to the hype so far. And I actually think our player of the match should have been Evelina Sumanen. She came in in the second half and just completely bossed the midfield. She was responsible for our last three goals, essentially. Um, one of them, you know, with a pass uh, that the first shot didn't go in but drew was able to tap it in off of the rebound from the keeper uh then evelina forced an own goal with a really you know dangerous cross into the box and then she got a goal of her own so it's great to see her getting back into the form that we were seeing her in last season so i don't know it's just all things are looking up for spurs women the problem is that we have a really tough run of fixtures coming up so it's it's kind of Unfortunate the way the schedule has worked out with these postponements um, that we couldn't build up, you know, a few wins heading into the stretch where we're playing top three teams and it, it is going to be difficult to pick up points. But hopefully, you know, some, something could happen and all these new pieces that are coming together just work out and we're able to grab a draw or even our first win against one of these teams would be great to see. Yeah, I think I think like you alluded to, it's those new pieces coming together with the the first two goal scorers from today, England and Iwabuchi. Like the both of them gelling would be would do wonders for a team that has struggled to score. I mean, granted, like you said, it's lower level opposition, but it's high lower level opposition. The fact that they can put five past a team like that that means things are starting to gel, um, which is important because they're going to need to score. Uh, in order, you know, they, they can play all the good defense they want. Eventually, teams like Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, they're eventually going to find a way through because that's just how talented those teams are. So you've got to be able to score with them a little bit. So um, hopefully that's all coming together uh, and and starting to gel a little bit more. Yeah, and in a way, it, it could be advantageous to us that we just played Chelsea because we, you know, that's fresh in the memory, those defensive errors that we made. Um, are really going to be, you know, sharpen the, the defense's mind. So hoping to see a better performance. And I mean, I thought we had a decent performance against them in the cup. Um, but in this league game, you know, hopefully we can tidy up some of those errors and continue scoring. I think that's the big thing is, is not going into another goal drought like we had been in. No question about it. Uh, there is, as you said, Chelsea on Sunday following that. Uh, Manchester United uh, and then it's uh, the next round of the cup fixtures which uh, we don't have the next opponent in the FA Cup but uh, that along with the men's draw I believe are Monday we're recording this before then um, so we will find that out but uh, yeah bat right back into the league play right right back into that gauntlet got got the the two uh, top teams in the league next two on the fixture list uh, which is ironic because the men's side also one of the top two teams in the, in the league is next on the fixture list. It's uh, it's Manchester City for 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 the men's side as well next weekend. So two really really tough opponents. We it might be a less happy pod next weekend than this one. Uh, two cup victories though uh, for both the men's and women's side and and a trade deadline or a trade deadline. Listen to me, transfer deadline. That was that was the American in me. Uh, the transfer deadline. Um, comes up this week so if any you know if anything massive happens that we feel like we need to talk about we'll come to you before next weekend but 
um it feels like that's that's about all we've got for you this is um this has been a fun one uh like i said two cup victories and moving on into the final 16 in both fa cups and uh and a transfer window that we will we'll see we'll we'll see if that's it and we'll see kind of how that all plays out for the rest of the season um this has been a good one scott can be found at dsm spurs caroline at cg stefko you can follow me at aesthetica most importantly follow us at tottenham depot reach out on the socials on the twitter uh on the instagram we're also on tiktok and uh, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice until next time it's been the tottenham depot as always come on you spurs thank you so much for stopping by the tottenham depot thanks to scott bird for our intro music as well as the tunes you are hearing right now Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, for what really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>